0: You're
1: listening to Voices of Family, the monthly podcast series from the BC Council for Families. Each month, we bring you thought-provoking discussions with notable figures and frontline workers in the family service community. Voices of Family takes you inside family services to
0: hear what's new and on the horizon, making life better for BC families.
1: This is Jennifer Dales, Director of Programs with the BC Council for Families. And today I am in North Vancouver talking with Mimi Hudson, Director of Community Programs with Family Services of the North Shore. Mimi is an administrator with varied experience in both the not for profit and corporate sectors. She has an MA in Counseling Psychology and is a registered clinical counselor. Mimi has been a parent educator for over 16 years and has been a group facilitator and speaker for Family Services of the North Shore most of those years. Mimi is also president of the board of the BC Association of Family Resource Programs. The BC Association of Family Resource Programs, or FRPBC, is a not-for-profit provincial organization dedicated to raising the awareness of the importance of community-based family resource programs. FRPBC supports family resource programs in furthering their mandate to strengthen parenting and the healthy development of children within the context of the family. The BC Association of Family Resource Programs promotes the Family Resource Program model as a community hub where both Canadian born families and those new to Canada can access family support, opportunities for engagement, and community resources. The BC Council for Families and FRPBC have a long history of collaboration, and we are pleased to have this opportunity to sit down with Mimi to learn more about the Association's recently released social innovation discussion paper called early intervention an early parent child development framework for British Columbia Mimi thank you for agreeing to talk with us today it's my pleasure Jennifer so the discussion paper begins by stating of your purpose that parents be recognized as the defining factor in ensuring children are ready for learning in life Most people would agree with this, yet the vital role of parents is not always acknowledged in planning. Parenting support seems to be viewed as something that would be nice to have, not as something we need to have. Why do you think it is that the primary importance of parents is not always recognized in planning?
0: Well, I think part of the reason is that the role of parents is really taken for granted by society. And the parents of young children are so busy raising their own children, working, looking after their own parents, that it leaves little time for advocacy. And they're really the ones who have to speak, speak out because they, they're the parents of um, young children. And so that's really why FRPBC has to do it and Family Resource Programs. It's really up to us to speak for parents. And that's what we're doing. So, in the, w- within the paper,
1: it's very clear that you want us to see parents and children being considered together, which is so nice to see. What do you think needs to happen so that parents' needs are considered? So, FRPBC is advocating for parents. What else needs to happen?
0: Well, I think it's just important to recognize that the... The impact of the parent-child relationship, it it really has the biggest impact on the future health and development of a child. It's really, the parent-child relationship is the most important relationship. And uh, I think um, that's what needs to happen to recognize that. And I think that's what we're attempting to do with Mm -hmm. this framework is Mm -hmm. uh, letting people know we're not just going to take a back seat anymore. We're going to, you know, it is important and we're going to speak out about that. So there are a lot of different studies that back up
1: um, the fact that parents play the most important role in their children's life, Um, and you quote from a lot of them in the paper. Why do you think it is that those studies don't seem to gain as much attention as we might like?
0: Well, again, I think it is because the parents' voice is just not loud enough. There just seems to be other voices that are louder mm-hmm. and it, and we don't we're not really hearing what the parents have to say, and the child care voice is fairly loud. Mm-hmm. The you know early childhood educators there are just other people speaking mm-hmm. on behalf of um what needs to happen for mm-hmm. kids, but we're not always hearing that um, the voice of the parents themselves.
1: It seems like that um the media sort of likes to promote studies that are a little bit more, um, like they really seize on studies which show shom- something that's controversial or different and studies that show that parents have a profound impact on their children. It's kind of boring and not there's nothing really in there for them to make a big deal about. So those studies just seem to come out And maybe people in our field know about them, but it's not something that's going to make a big splash in the newspaper. But if they can find something unusual or something odd, um, you know, then this will be out there and it'll be in the conversation. But all the research we have that shows that parents are really, really important is just kind of
0: not out there. Yeah, it's just not that exciting. You're right. I don't think that, that... there is anything to really latch on to. It's just so much taken for granted, mm-hmm. of course. Yeah. Parents are important, of course they are. They're the ones who have the children, why not? But yeah. It's only until the, we hear about a family that is having problems or mm-hmm. that they're under the care of the ministry or something to that effect, that then it becomes news, the importance mm-hmm. of the parent-child relationship. Mm-hmm. But when things are going well, uh, doesn't make news.
1: No, <laughs> parents are just taken <laughs> yeah, for granted. That's right. Yeah, just doing what
0: you're supposed to do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Doesn't deserve any attention. No,
1: no. So in in the study you actually, or in the paper you quote from quite a few studies, is there one study that you would consider the most important or that shaped frp BC's framework?
0: No, I think they're all important. Um, each each one of them comes from a different point of view, so mm-hmm. we're ro- looking at the maybe social point of view, the economic point mm-hmm. of view, and I think each one of the researchers uh, we felt brought something that we wanted to highlight in mm-hmm. the framework. So I don't think we can say that one is more mm-hmm. important than the other. It It is true that it's
1: interesting that there is support from so many different fields and I think the m- making the economic case is so interesting because many people wouldn't think that supporting parents spending money to support parents actually is a good investment but you have a lot of research and we we have a lot of research in our field that shows that to be the case but I think most people would be a little bit surprised that economists are supportive of parent supports
0: yes and that really is putting money in in the early years too pays great dividends at Mm -hmm. the other end Mm -hmm. so I think the more money we spend in the early years before there are problems, Mm -hmm. or bigger problems, you know, Mm -hmm. they prevent Mm -hmm. those uh, very expensive interventions uh, from having to occur.
1: And so, but the research is saying that um, the research that you're drawing from is saying it's not just putting in interventions in the early years, it's putting money into family-centered early interventions, which include the parent and the child
0: together. That's right, And, and really supporting before you have to intervene, Mm -hmm. really. Mm -hmm. So the ultimate recommendation
1: of the paper is that the Ministry of Children and Family Development partner with you to link FRPs to Strong Start Early Learning Centers to provide a continuum of support to families with young children. Why do you think this is so important and why do you believe that FRPs are so well suited to provide support to families?
0: Well, we have been around for a long time. The Strong Starts have only been around for a few years mm-hmm. and our focus is on the whole family, the parent-child relationship, not just the early learning of children, although mm-hmm. that's important, the academic learning and what they, what Strong Starts do is is providing a good service to families, but they um, only have one facilitator. They're trying to um, teach the children, don't have the time to provide the other um, services that we do in, mm-hmm. in a family resource program, like parent education, maybe counseling. Mm-hmm. They just have, have time to really focus on the learning of the children, so we can provide real support that way to Strong Starts, and some of us have. There are mm-hmm. a lot of us who, who have FRPs also uh, and are part of a larger agency are able to support the strong starts by having their parent educators or counselors uh, visit their sites Mm -hmm. and uh, so our focus is really the parent-child relationship not just the the early learning of children although we do that too
1: Mm -hmm. can you tell people who don't have experience with an FRP, or who maybe have never been to one, or don't know a lot about what they do. What FRPs are like?
0: Well, the the core program is the drop in, so parents can drop in with their children and play. There's always toys, crafts, uh, snack, uh, circle time, and and it's all. Also, the transitioning from each of those activities that is uh, very much a part of the learning in an FRP. We have parent education resources, we have um, other resources and referrals, Mm -hmm. Um, and uh, there's just a number of services. We have health nurses, although I I think Strong Starts have visitors as well. You'll Mm -hmm. have the health nurse, infant development program, librarians. But uh, that's very much a core part of of what we do is inviting uh, community resources into our family resource programs so that parents have an opportunity to access those uh, facilities should they need them, speech and language pathologists, the dental hygienist, Mm -hmm. that kind of thing. So we have uh, community visitors that uh, make it easy for parents to access them. So
1: because the parents are coming to an informal drop-in where their children are playing, it's sort of a friendly way to connect with other services because parents perhaps don't feel like they're coming and asking for help, or that there is going to be any sort of stigma around um, being
0: in a setting where these resources are being offered? Yes, uh, and you don't feel that sense of being possibly targeted. Mm -hmm. It's everybody's there, everybody's Um, in the same position, or you at least feel that way as a parent, we're Mm -hmm. all in this together. Mm -hmm. We also, a number of FRPs will have a clothing exchange, toy lending resources, Mm -hmm. um, a number of other services, which again, a strong start can't do because they have a room in a school Mm -hmm. and they may not have the storage or the opportunity for any of those other kinds of things that are very important Mm -hmm. to families.
1: And so some of the FRPs have been around since the, or going back to the 80s or even 70s, earlier? The 70s, I think the 70s. Um, yeah. Uh, so they're side. very well established in yes. the community and mm-hmm. sort of a resource that parents are very familiar with. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So in FRP Canada's recent paper, Family is the Foundation. They suggest that we need to acknowledge the primary influence of the family, build an integrated ECD system through partnerships, and they also suggest that we retain and expand family support programs in the community since FRPs have been around for years and are doing a good job supporting whole families, not just children. In your opinion, why is it important that we not
0: reduce the capacity of FRPs? Well, I think it's um, for all the reasons you've just mentioned, and also it's it's a very inexpensive and universal way to support all families, um, particularly vulnerable families. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just a, it's a very easy, inexpensive, but yet very powerful way to support families. Mm-hmm. And I think, getting back to the inexpensive part, I think we tend to really stretch the dollars that uh, we are given and I think it's sometimes taken for granted because it isn't really expensive. Maybe it's not very good Mm -hmm. and uh, which is not the case at all. I think we just have learned that we can provide amazing services and that's almost to our detriment in Mm -hmm. a way because Mm -hmm. we quietly get the job done on a shoestring and so I think we're sometimes taken for granted for Mm -hmm. that reason, and minimized the value of of what 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 we do. It's interesting, in FRP Canada's
1: paper, they also um, suggest that a lot of the support for different interventions, which are education-based, are being supported by research, that when you actually look at the research, the original programs were very much focused on parent and child as well as the education part. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting that um, sometimes the evidence we're using uh, to move towards an education approach is actually drawn from an, an sort of an original program that had the parent support component included. So yes. it's sort of. Uh, I guess FRP Canada is saying you can't take one part and, um, but then use all the evidence from a multi-pronged sort of, um, approach. Mm-hmm. Or,
0: so, or research premise mm-hmm. and then just, uh, cherry pick what you want from yeah. it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But so I, it's nice to see, um, uh, that you and FRP Canada are pointing out that we need to not forget about the parents, that we need to make sure that their role is not forgotten and that we can't just sort of take a child out of a family and, you know, do things to help them and ignore
0: the parents exactly. if we expect to be successful. so. And we are always emphasizing that parents are their children's first teachers. It starts at home and that role needs to be valued. Mm -hmm.
1: Well, we're so glad that you've put this paper out there, and we hope that it will prompt a lot of discussion. Um, And it's nice to see people really thinking about parents and families and children. And I'm so uh, hopeful that we can capitalize on the interest in this area right now and get something going that works for both, for children and for their parents. So Mimi, thank you kindly for sharing your thoughts with us today. On behalf of the BC Council for Families and our voices of family listeners, I'd like to thank you for all of the work that you and FRPBC are engaged in to support uh, families, including parents and children. For more information about FRPBC and to access the Social Innovation Discussion Paper, please check out the website www.frpbc.ca. For more information about the work of the BC Council for Families and all of the work that we do on behalf of families, please connect with us at
0: www.bccf.ca.
1: That wraps it up for this episode of Voices of Family. Check the BC Council for Families website next month for another episode on the latest in family services at www.bccf.ca. Thanks and see
0: you next time.